Welcome to the Financial Insight Podcast, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. The Financial Insight Podcast is for professional investors only. Thank you. Today we are going to be speaking to Michelle Hoskin of Standards International, known to many as Little Miss Wow. Thank you so much for joining us today, Michelle. We are so pleased to have you on the podcast. That's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Oh, so as you know, we're, we're here today as it's Mental Health Awareness Week. And we're going to be talking about the massively important subject of mental health in financial services. And I know that's something that means a lot to you. Um, before we get stuck into the detail, though, I wonder, for those listeners who may not know who you are, there can't be any, many of them, but there may be. <laughs> oh, I bet there is. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell us just a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, and Standards International? Of course I can. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, so yeah, I'm Michelle Hoskin. I'm the founder and director of Standards International, which is effectively an international standards body. Um, we are dedicated and solely focused on serving financial advice and planning um, and the services, financial services sector across the world. And effectively, in essence, Standards International um, designs um, and sets standards of best practice across the whole scope of financial planning and advice um, and the associated elements of those businesses. And then we deliver training so that firms and individuals are much more aware of what awesome looks like. And then we are uh, effectively the certification body that certifies firms and individuals against these uh, suite of amazing standards, which I'm happy to talk about as we go through the day. I'm Little Miss Wow, um, (laughs) a regular contributor to the magazine. Uh, and uh, I've been in the business for gosh, 20, nearly 25 years now, which seems like a lifetime, if I'm honest. But um, <laughs> as, a, as a coach, mentor, um, consultant, and a bit of a trailblazer, I think it's probably safe to say in financial services. So, uh, you know, oodles of experience and, you know, just always happy to, to share, especially on subjects like this, you know. So um, you can ask me as many questions as we can fit into the time we have. <laughs> Amazing. Well, as obviously Sue just mentioned, I know that mental health is a subject that's very close to your heart and we very much agree here at IFA Magazine. So um, can you tell our viewers a little bit about why it's such an important topic at the moment? I, I can, yeah. I mean, I think, I think I've always been, you know, you could take it back to me being a little girl, you know, I was always, you know, very positive, very happy, very you know, go get it, you know, I'd be the person that, you know, would gather all my friends in the school playground. And I think I've always been, I would say I've been blessed and gifted with a very positive mental disposition. You know, I was always the, the, the you know, my glass is always not even half full, but full, even if it's not kind of girl. <laughs> and I think um, if I'm honest, I think as I've got older and I've, I suppose I've come to view the world not maybe as glittery and as sparkly as probably I believed it was as I was growing up. You know, I saw that people were struggling and the challenges that were that were going on. And I think it really came to a head for me in about 2019 um, when I was actually asked um, in actually in the June of 2019, um, I've been doing quite a lot of research about um, something called the Royal Commission that was actually running through Australia, where effectively um, the rules were changing such that commissions were effectively being banned. And, um, you know, this just, and, and there's huge qualifications, hikes, and, you know, you name it, you know, we think in the UK, we had RDR bad, you know, they had it with bells on. And literally yeah. what was happening was um, 
advisors were taking their own lives, you know, mainly, mainly men, um, sadly. Um, and it was because various reasons, you know, losing touch of the sector, you know, they'd taken out big loans to buy client banks. And then obviously all the commissions were going to be turned off, which effectively was paying the debt mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and everything else in between. And, and I got asked by an organisation called the AFA, which is the Association of Financial Advisors in Australia. And literally at the time, the CEO said to me, you know, we'd like you to come over to Australia in August and speak to our members. And I said, as, as I always do, I said, you know, so what, what's the brief? Like, you know, what, what do you want me to, you know, to, to share? And he literally said to me, we need them to stop taking their own lives. And at the time, I remember thinking to myself, blimey, O'Reilly, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I'm good. But I've got to really pull it out bag to really pull this off. Yeah. And over, over I go. Um, and at the time, I'd been doing quite a lot of work around the five ways of well-being, which is a, 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 a a study conducted by the New Economics Foundation in 2008. Um, and I went and did this event. And, and honestly, the feeling of sadness in this room was just overwhelming. And I, and I literally went, walked on stage and I said, you know, I'm here because I need you all to know that there is light in the end of the tunnel and, and literally jumping off the Sydney Harbour Bridge is not the answer. And I, me being me, I got away with it, of course, because I'm straight talking and I don't mess around. And... Um, and then when I came back, there was two very quick stories. Um, I got phoned by a practice manager who was in one of our firms. And he said, I'm really worried. I'm, I've changed the name for you know, confidentiality. He said, but I'm, very, I'm really worried about Steve. He said, I believe he's about to take his own life. And he was an owner of one of our client firms. And he had, and I, and I reached out to him um, with just, just a general feeling of care, really. And he, he, had, he gave me a date and a time that he was going to do it. He was going to drown himself in the bath with an overdose and and he was in our family he was in our client family you know and and I knew him and he was well known in our in our profession and I just thought there's just no way then what happened and now I will stop talking for a second um I um, went into school one day my daughter's school and it was like the playground was like a tumbleweed was you know hurtling through it and and I said to the headmaster you know what I knew him very well I said you know what's happened and he said sadly one of the parents one of the mums has taken her own life um and I actually didn't know this mum I knew I knew of her through she was in a year her child was in a year above and basically she'd hung herself the morning that her son had gone on his trip to France on his school trip to France and then I found out that she worked in financial services Mm-hmm. And that was enough for me. I was just like, it's, it's stopping and it's stopping now. If there's breath in my body, I'm going to do everything I can. And then I went and trained in as a mental health first aider. And I'm in the process of training as a trainer in mental health first aid so I can train our clients and help our clients more. But it, it was almost, you know, little old me thinking on my watch, this is never going to happen again. <laughs> like, yeah. and it was literally that. Um, so it, was, it wasn't a personal experience in, in truth. It was just more those that were really important to me and to us and to us as a business were struggling so um, and just, you know, couldn't reach out. And, and honestly, I remember thinking there are people standing in that playground with her. How did nobody know and how could nobody stop her? And that's a very naive way of viewing it in myself. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I just was so angry that somebody must have known how bad she was and how in what into what turmoil she was. Um, you know and for whatever reason she decided that that was the only way out and I just thought you know what this is this is ridiculous it's ridiculous and and that's when I've just kind of kicked into gear really 
yeah that that is a unfortunately a really disturbing story that you yeah that opened your eyes to the problem and just just going on do you think there's any particular reason why it was it's been so prevalent in financial services I can't the only thing that I think I, I know you mentioned obviously it's often a lot of males and there's obviously a high link between males and mental health and then mental health and financial services so I imagine that kind of goes together yeah but um but yeah, well, think about it, Rebecca, think about it. You know, you've got you've got and take it down to its very basic level. Right. You've got planners and advisors sitting in front of clients, mm-hmm. taking on all of their clients, life challenges, all of yeah. their issues, their worries, their divorces, their traumas with their children, you know, lockdown, covid illnesses, divorces. I mean, God, the list goes on and on and on. And, mm-hmm. you know, whilst there's two parts to that is whether they're male or female, you know, we're not made of stone. Yeah. So so it doesn't matter. You know, we do this, you know, planners, advisors do the job that they love because they're people pleasers, because they want to help and mm-hmm. they want to support and they want to change lives. You know, we've heard it a million times over. And the problem is, is that when you are confronted with that every single day, it depletes your own resources. There's, there's no yeah. two ways about it. And I think, you know, how can somebody who is so gung ho about you know, planning and life planning and, you know, being so amazing with their clients, how on earth could they ever sit up and go, do you know what? I am not OK. Yeah. How could they? That, that's just an oddity in itself. But but and, and I think, you know, it's like, you know, the cork's out, you know, once one, it happens to another and then they start talking about it. And that's why I think it's become it's OK not to be OK in the campaigns and COVID you know, has just unearthed just this mammoth, mammoth issue that we've got as a yeah. as a society, um, which I think and which I think is compounded. And whether people agree with this or not, you know, there was a there was a, a quote that Russell Brand um, I picked up on social media the other week, and he was basically talking about society. And somebody had commented on my post and said, "The problem is there is no society." We live in a society online and the society yeah. of our communities. We just haven't got that support network. And, you know, we live in a world that everyone has to be perfect. Um, and, you know, we're doomed, really. We really are. And, and yeah. our sector just lends itself to needing to be the superhero. And, and that's, that's why I think it's, it's so prevalent at the moment. And COVID has just put the cherry on the cake as far as I can see. Yeah. I guess I'm like you and Michelle in that I've been in financial services for many, many years and mm-hmm. it, you talking through that, that dreadful scenario with the person we call Steve. And it reminds me when I was in practice as an advisor myself in the mid 90s and a, a woman I worked very, very closely with. Um, and un, unlike Steve, she did go ahead with it. Oh, what a shame. And I worked with her every day and I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely no idea. And it's something I beat myself up with to this day. Of course, of course. Uh, because like you say, you simply can't believe that I did not, did not. The, the qu- it's interesting, Sue, isn't it? Because like, you know, and, and, and I, I'm with you in that same camp. But, you know, if we were looking, would we have noticed? Mm. I think yes. that's the point. Yes. Like if we knew, if we knew yeah. kind of what we were looking for, we probably would have noticed. Yeah. And now we probably wouldn't let that go under the radar. We probably would be like, hang mm. on, she looks, she's come dressed a bit, not her usual glittery past sparkly yeah. self today. Or, you know, she seemed to be a bit aggressive about that. Or, you know, we probably would notice now, I think. Mm. Yes, um, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but but they, they estimate that it's approximately 137 people 
are, that's approximate, but it's a very, very specific figure, but they estimate it's about 137 people that are impacted directly by suicide. And, and a suicide, effectively, if you think about it, is the final straw of, of ill mental health. Yeah. So we were almost talking in the extreme and there's everything up to that point. Um, but one thing that I've learned through the, you know, through the, the work that I've been doing is, you know, when, when a person decides, you know, this is a general statement, of course, but, you know, in the main, when people decide to take their own life, it's like the world has been lifted from their shoulders. It's almost like the best day they've ever had mm-hmm. because they feel free. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and there's all the feelings that go along with that. But it, it's, a, it's a massive problem. And, you know, we, we do need to shine a light on it. And, you know, I've had, I've had full grown men in tears in front of me in, in coaching meetings with me and, and I've let them go and I've just said, just go, go for it. I won't judge you ever, ever, yeah. you know, and, and it's, it's becoming more and more um, a topic to talk about, I think. So do Absolutely. you think the barriers, do you think those barriers really are coming down a little bit now that we're seeing more open conversations about I, mental I think health so. and well I think so. And I think I think COVID's done that. I think everybody knows that everybody's not okay. Nobody was okay with COVID. You know, I am I am that girl that's like, oh my God, I loved COVID. You know, I loved having like no travel and I love being at home with Ruby. But even I've had to scrape the bottom of the barrel some days to like pull myself out of bed. So everybody is almost is like there was a, again, I love my little words, Fags, as you know. And I know there was one that says, you know, we're not in the same boat, but we are in the same storm. And I think what that's done is that's almost given everybody generally the permission to say, actually, no, I'm not feeling great. It's been really crap. Like it's been Mm -hmm. a terrible two years. Um, So I think it is. And I think there is a lot of responsibility now on employers. I think there's more question. I can can talk a little bit more about that as we we go through. But I think our friendship groups, um, Mm -hmm. we need to talk more about it. you know, and I, I remember um, actually just before COVID this was, um, and it kind of, I suppose it proves the point that we're moving in the right direction. I had a dinner with an advisor who's a client and she was a little bit late to the meet to the dinner. And I said, you know, don't, don't rush. It's fine. You know, I'm cool. It's not a big problem. And she turned, she turned up for dinner and she looked like she'd been dragged through a hedge bottom. I mean, literally this poor advisor. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, she said, I've just, I've had this meeting with, you know, Fred and Fred and Selma um you know and she said they just explained to me that their son had taken his own life um and they found him um so she was dealing with the grief of the parents who were dealing with their grief of the loss of their son and yeah. you know and, and the advisor's role was you know it was almost it was crazy because it was almost like well I've now got to just kick into action because I've got to sort the life insurance out and I've got to make sure that they don't worry about the money and I've got to you know so it was almost a mechanical conversation I was having with her and at the end of the at the end of the conversation I said and how are you about it and she went I ain't got time to worry about how I am right but she you know so so it's just it's just talking you know I love to talk (laughs) we've established (laughs) but you know we've just got to keep talking about it you know and it's not it's not taboo and it's not something to be ashamed of and you know I'm little miss wow and I'm glitter and sparkle every day of the week but some days just some days I have to really pull it out of the bag because I just I'm just not feeling it and it's quite okay to do that yeah I think I think everything you said is is spot on I guess for advisors I'm sure it's very triggering sometimes speaking to people about their trauma and then obviously that as empathetic people how could you not take it away with you that's very 
we're yeah. not made of stone you know we're not made mm. of stone and, and and nor are we expected to be made of stone either no um you know take care of you know I mean, you always say like you know it's the same old thing right you know you get on an airplane what do they tell you to do in an emergency put your oxygen mask on before helping anybody else mm-hmm. you know you're no good to anybody if you're not firing on all cylinders yourself it's 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 basics it's like life lesson 101 as far as i'm concerned but it's one that we always forget all of the time yeah all of the time so um how can advisors identify and support family, friends or colleagues, really, who appear to be struggling with their mental health? Do you have any advice in terms of that? I, I do. And I think the first thing is, I mean, you know, I'll try not to get on my soapbox too much. But, you know, as you know, you, you know, from how I've spoke before and how I've written before, you know, we are a sector that's obsessed with academic qualifications in pensions investments. And actually, the only and the most important skill that anybody can or training anybody can do in our sector is mental health first aider. Without question, mm-hmm. every advisor, you know, anybody that's client facing and quite frankly, anybody, full stop, end of sentence, needs to do mental health first aid or training. It costs nothing. It's like 300 pounds. And honestly, it has totally changed my view of my clients, how they deal with their clients, my friends. You know, I've got a friend who regularly goes underground and I am literally bugging her to death. Are you OK today? How are you? What's going on? And she doesn't respond, but I will not stop. Now, if I mm-hmm. hadn't been more aware, I'd have gone, she's just so flaky and just so unreliable, but I'm not going to give up because I know she's not okay. Mm-hmm. So I think the mental health first aider training is probably one of the best, best training workshops, um, qualifications that anybody can get as a human. Um, and, and it was interesting. So I, um, you know, when you're just aware, you just do better. But there's an amazing saying, when you know better, you do better, right? And I think, and I think the mental health first aid of training is key. Um, and I, we're paying for every member of our team to do it because it's a life skill, quite frankly. Uh, and, and equally, I've also done the children's first aid, mental health first aid. I've got an 11-year-old. You know, some of the challenges that she's going to deal with as a, yeah. as a growing young lady were not the same challenges that I had to deal with. I want to be totally equipped to support Ruby and her little friends if, if, it, if it comes to. So yeah. I, think, I think the mental health first aid is, is absolutely key. Um, I think having more awareness and, and I remember, I, I, I quote Tina Weeks often, you know, I'm a very fond um, friend of Tina's and I remember Tina talking at, um, I think it was a, I think it was Paul Armisen's Back to Why one year. And I remember her saying, you know, she was talking to a group of, typically male advisors and she was talking about being vulnerable and how she you should tap into your client's body language and I said to her you're in the wrong room at the wrong time like read your room Tina like you've probably got 10% of this room that would even go anywhere near opening up that much and being that vulnerable to actually ask a client how are you actually feeling you don't seem yourself um you know, what, what's going on? I've noticed a change in you. You know, you seem a bit flat today. And probably because they themselves, A, are not firing on all cylinders either. And B, they're absolutely petrified of the response. So they just don't ask. They just yeah. don't ask. Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, a very one quick, very quick story. Um, and obviously I've been doing a lot of work in the area of financial abuse, which often triggers mental uh, mental ill health you know in in victims particularly 
And um, I was talking to a lady who is um, a, a trainer at a particular charity. And she was telling me about a lady that had gone to her um, about three months ago. And this lady was a, a victim of domestic violence. She was mentally ill, um, mentally not well. Um, and she was a victim of financial abuse, specifically. She went to a lawyer and the lawyer said, um, well, you, we can't really do anything until your husband sells one of his businesses, as in, you know, in terms of her legal rights and, you know, what, what he could help with. Mm-hmm. And then she went to a financial advisor. I have found out who this financial advisor is. And if I ever, ever lay my hands on him, he's in all sorts of trouble. Right. And um, she said um, she, she explained to him the situation. Um, and she could, she was clearly distressed, clearly distressed, right? She couldn't have even hid it if she'd have tried, right? Her children were in private school. He was loaded. She had no access to not even a pound note, right? And the advisor said to her, um, well, we can't really do anything, but we can help you when the time is right. And we know exactly what he meant. We can help you when you've got some money for us to do something with. Now, three weeks later, she successfully took her own life. Now, she had gone to both a financial planner, advisor and a lawyer, and both of them missed all of the signs. Or if they didn't miss all the signs, they were too embarrassed to, I don't know, whatever, too too scared to to go down that path. And Mm -hmm. this this lady's ended up dead. And and I I think it's just being aware, reading some signs, you know, and the, the best response is, you know, not you know, how are you? Because everyone, if I said to if I said to any of anybody, how are you? Well, you go in your head, you go, well, the old grand scheme is things, I'm doing really well, or I'm okay. But if I said to you, Sue, how are you feeling today? Mm, how are you likely to give you an honest answer then? Absolutely, because mm-hmm. we're not generalizing Sue's life. We're saying, mm-hmm. Sue, how are you today? How are you feeling this afternoon? Well, actually, I'm a little bit flat, or you know what, I'm absolutely buzzing thanks it's got you've got and you've got to not be scared of of the response but honestly my advice is you know for for people for planners advisors to look outside of the academic scope of their role they're in the work keep being told we're in the people business but actually what people skills are they being taught zero (laughs) quite frankly zero it's just the DIY that they can they can they can acquire over the years Right. And, and yes, God, there are some amazing coaching programs in behavioral finance and well-being and all this, that and the other. But actually, we are so outweighted in, in skills and, and, and attributes that we should be having many. And, and in this context, my advice is every every planner, everybody, every for good measure should be mental health, be a mental health first aider. And it's and it's eye opening, absolutely eye opening. Absolutely. She seems almost like a duty of care thing, doesn't it? Really? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think it is. And, you know, one of the, you know, if, if, if I if I said, you know, do do we as individuals on even on this podcast or those listening, do you probably know somebody that's suffering from anorexia? You know of somebody who's suffering from anxiety, you know, somebody that's suffering from depression, financial abuse, domestic abuse, you know, you, we know know them, yet none of us are prepared to get the skills to be able to support in any way, shape, or form. It sounds like it's somebody else's problem, and we are humans. We're humans, after all, right? And I think, I think if you put the role aside, you're absolutely right, Rebecca. It is actually, it is absolutely a human duty of care, in my, in my opinion. 
and you know and while ever there's training in this area I will be I will be learning it because the world is changing and so are our needs as humans and our, our mental health fuels everything you know if our if our mind is not stable and happy and steady it doesn't matter what you know whether we've got a broken arm or not right and Absolutely. It, 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 it's that spiral so yeah that's that's my message really for the advisor population and the planners I love that 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 very concise question and the way you delivered that Michelle I think if people can take away just something from what you've said so far just that on its own is so powerful yeah it's got to be done it's got to be done so like you know gosh we all need we all need a friend and sometimes those friends aren't our friends they are our planners our advisors our lawyers our mm -hmm you know uh, mums in the playground you know I, I you know when I found out about this lady in the at the school I think I was more disappointed in myself actually I was like mm -hmm. I've I've got this skill and I do all this and I talk talk about this and yet this poor woman in financial services has decided the only way out is to take her own life mm -hmm. uh, you know and, and yeah I mean Ugh. it's horrendous it's horrendous horren horren but we all know somebody we all yeah. know somebody and yep. we, so we all need these life skills. It's like, it's like, it's like they're just life skills, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so um, we'll, let's just take it a step further then, shall we? And we've talked about how advisors can equip themselves to help others. What about advisors or other people working in financial services who, who may be suffering with their own mental health at the moment? Uh, I think what, I mean, go on. For them, any suggestions on things they can do? I mean, I think I think it's very important. I mean, I, I'm going to give you the little Miss Wow response to this uh, this mm. this question, as opposed to the sort of mental health first aider response, right? Because yes. because I think I think sometimes a little bit of straight talking actually doesn't go amiss. Um, and I think we we have to remember in in this sector that. Um, Everything we've been told about the client is the most important thing, the client is the most important thing, the client is the most important thing is actually a lie. I think that that's, that's a lie that's been told to planners and advisors over generations, right? They're not. The client is not the most important person in this universe. Yourself is. You are the advisor, the planner, the power planner, the practice manager, the dad, the mom, the husband, the wife. That person that you are is, is the single most important person in your world with, without any question. Yeah. You know, you take, if ever, anybody listening thinks, well, you know, when I'm okay, the houses run better. When, you know, when I'm okay, the business seems to be doing better. You know, when I'm not okay, my daughter's not okay. You know, Ruby can only, she only needs to catch a glint, a glint in my eye and she'd be like, mommy, are you okay today? Are you okay today? She knows, right? Mm. And I'll be like, you know what? I'm having a bit of a flat day. So I think, I think we have to, we have to relearn who is actually important, right? And I think if we all did a little bit more of that, of that, and didn't, didn't, I suppose, consider it or be told it's selfish or self-centered, I think the world would actually be a better place. Now, if that self-care comes from a, a position of care as opposed to control or self, like, you know, there's, there's, a, there's an, an angle to it, which is not necessarily very nice, um, you are singly the most important person. So I think, I think that's the message I want to share. And I think the other thing, um, we don't need superheroes in financial services. You know, advisors, planners don't need to be a superhero, right? We're not one of the Avengers. 
I think, and you know, and I, and you know, and I, I'm, I'm a massive advocate for changing lives of clients and changing the lives of your team, but not at the cost of your own. And yeah. you know, we we give too much. We people pleasers. You know, we miss out on that date night because a client wants to see us, or mm-hmm. you know, there's a report to write, and it's absolutely it's it's inexcusable right um because because there is only one life that matters and that's your own and that's because it's flipping short so I think taking time you know not working yourself to death um you know taking a break reflecting reading um, and actually putting yourself in your own driving seat of your own life and designing that future version of you I mean I had a uh, call with an advisor this morning he's like oh you know I really need to think about doing working less and I'm like I'm challenging you Within the next two months, I want you working a four-day week. He's like, oh, you know, the clients. I said, I don't give a monkeys about clients, quite frankly. I said, let the clients worry about the clients. I said, but you are working yourself to death. And if you carry on, you will pop. He's like, well, you know, I know you're right. I said, I know I'm right. I said, because I can see it in your face. I said, yeah. so you need to drop down to a four-day week and make the change before something makes the change for you. And that's how the universe works. If you don't take your life and your health mental health physical health into your own hands then the universe will do it for you and it won't be it won't be pleasurable it will be divorce sickness death it'll be one of them and but it will come and you know I mean there are and I am making general statements yes granted but there are a lot of very unhealthy overweight unfit unhappily married financial planners and advisors Mm -hmm. in our sector and I know lots of them and it's because they have not put themselves and what matters to them before their clients. And it has to stop, has to stop. I mean, un- unfortunately, I think that there's, I think it's really glorified to be like a really hard worker, isn't it? To <laughs> do a night, more, go, go above and beyond a nine to five is supposed to see you're like, you're so passionate and dedicated. And yeah, it's really glorified in Western society. But in reality, I don't, like you say, there needs to be so much more emphasis on the self-care and the actual living and enjoying your life aspect. Absolutely. I had I had a guy, this was a few years ago, he saw me at an event. He's like, you know, you'll be dead proud of me. Like, you know, I'm building this business and I've got all these amazing processes in place. So in, and I've not had a holiday for three years. And I said, and I said, I'm not proud of that. I'm not proud of you for that. Yeah. I said, that's no badge. I said, that's not the badge we award our firms. What, you've worked yourself to death? No, thanks. Mm-hmm. I was like you know you need to take a break no oh, too busy clients are so needed my clients need me and I'm just like bore off like oh my god this is not what we're here for mm-hmm. you know clients want to be inspired and that this is the other point right you know if, if I was a client and I'm looking at an advisor I don't want to see an overweight unhealthy dark circles I've not even had time to have my hair cut you know scruffy office I mm-hmm. want to see someone who's fit and energetic who's bringing their best self to the relationship because they put their oxygen mask on before helping anybody else you know that's that's who inspire would inspire me because I want to mirror what they've got their successes their lifestyles not somebody who's half dead right because they're exhausted yeah you know I think we have to remember that you know changing changing the client's life doesn't just come by giving advice it comes by being that role model and that mentor that they look up to be um you know and even when ruby was born you know i decided i was never going to work school holiday and pretty much i've never worked school holiday even when she wasn't even at school and that's because i knew that in order to be an amazing mom and an amazing coach and an amazing businesswoman i need to i needed to be rested 
Yeah, I needed to be rested. And it's not been an easy run. I've had relationship breakdowns and all sorts of crazy stuff. I've had, I had both my grandmas die on one morning, literally five streets apart. Both of them were found dead in their homes. My grandmas, both the top, the top level of my whole family, like hierarchy was wiped out in one morning. Both of them found mentally to get my head around that and bounce back from that was horrendous. But I had to focus on me. It's the only way I could do it. I couldn't even focus on my mom and my dad, who were both orphans, effectively, at 60. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's really tricky. It's really tricky. But you, you've, got, you've got to put your oxygen mask on. It's just, not, it's just a non-negotiable. Yeah. You know, we're not superheroes and we're not made of stone, you know, and we haven't got an endless, you know, battery pack. Um, you know, we, 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 have to, we have to take care of ourselves. It's just... It, it, the, the profession needs it the clients need us to and you know we'll make a bigger impact if we are firing on all cylinders well going back to something that you mentioned earlier obviously you said about the pandemic and how it's been really tough for everyone um could you just let me know what you think about the changes that have come following the pandemic do you think they've had a really detrimental effect to the mental health of advisors and people in financial services I think I think it, I always try and give a bit of a balanced a balanced position on this. I think what has what has happened if you go about pre-COVID, if we're talking specifically about advisors, generally they were control freaks and they were literally killing themselves off by being so wanting to be in control and they're in charge of delegating, they're in charge of workflow, and they won't hire people that can do bits of their job. And I think what what um, what this whole situation has made us realise is we're not immortal. A quite healthy person who was, you know, two months ago running the London Marathon is now dead because they've caught COVID, right? So I think it's made us all feel very immortal, which is actually, I think, a good thing because what's happened is the conversations I've been having with advisors is a fewfold. It's like, I'm selling this business. I'm getting out. Like, I've got a load of life to live and I'm not living it behind this desk looking after these clients. So I think it's, I think it's given everybody a bit of a wake up call. Um, and, you know, lots of people, particularly advisors, have lost friends to COVID, like at their age, because we're, we're dealing with an aging profession effectively, right? So they've lost friends and colleagues and, and, and family members at a similar age. I think it's been a wake up call. So I think there's been a, there's been a, a realization of life is for living. So I think that has had a positive impact. I think the other positive impact that it's had is, you know, before it was like, we can't work remotely. We need everybody in the office. You know, Dory needs to be outside the office with a pearl and twin set on doing my typing. I mean, we still, I still have conversations about Dory sitting outside the office with a pearl and twin set on. <laughs> like, honestly, you know, and Sue's laughing because Sue knows what I mean. Like, but, but, you know, I was having those conversations going, you guys are off your head. Like, what do you think these people are going to do if they work a bit of time from home? Well, they can't be trusted and all this, right? Yeah. And now the whole bloody thing's opened up. Everybody's working, worked from home. They've had to, otherwise these businesses would implode. Mm-hmm. So I think there's been, a, there's been a, um, a huge positive in revealing character, both for yeah. us as individuals, realising how resilient we are. Like, gosh, you know, we can get cracking and we cannot let this get us down. And actually, God, I'm way more positive than I thought I was. So I think that's a positive. But I think also, you know, owners of businesses have actually seen um um you know where they can trust they can loosen the reins a little bit they they have got a really great team I think the the negatives are isolation is is the world's biggest killer 
right? It's up there. Uh, and, you know, that's why old people die lonely. It's because of isolation and they're sad. And I think, I think we have realised, um, you know, that, you know, we've, we've had a battering. There's no two ways about it. You know, I sat on the train a few months ago, even going into London, and I almost felt like I was on this. I mean, I love Marvel movies, which is why I reference the Avengers quite a lot. But, you know, like when, like, you know, um, Thanos has been in, clicked his fingers and wiped out half the population. I literally sat on the tube feeling like we were in the aftermath of that. It felt so, like, sombre. And yeah. I, I just looked at the pin. You probably felt the same at times. And, you know, you look at the people in the, stand on the tube that day and I thought we've all gone through the mill of a lot <laughs> like we've all been in it so I think I think we've had an absolute battering um I think we are all grieving I think we don't realize it but we're going through the grieving process uh, and that has a cycle which has to play out um we probably don't think it's grief but it's it is absolutely grief we've lost friendships we've lost restaurants in our towns we've lost shops we've lost business owners we've lost you know, we're, we're grieving. So I think that has had an impact. Um, and I think probably, you know, apart from the obvious one of, uh, of, of we've lost people, um, I think we've just all had an absolute hammering, quite frankly. Um, and we are, we're rebuilding. We are literally re rebuilding society, um, communities, friendship groups. Um, I was chatting to a friend of mine not long back and I actually didn't realize and this is this is my bad she actually hasn't left the house since us coming back out of lockdown but she's a very sociable lady she has got three children you know real kind of sparkly eyed you know one of those mummies that I used to love hanging around with and chat to at school gate and she actually hasn't left the house because of social anxiety mm -hmm. she, she had a bad experience where she was walking her dog um and I have no idea about this I mean I, you know I'm checking in on them all the time but and she she literally froze in a conversation with another dog walker to the point that there was actually no words coming out of her mouth and it panicked her that much. She went home and she's not left the house since. Aww. So I think it's awful. It's absolutely awful. Um, but to be fair, you know, when I first went into London, you know, on a on a not even a busy train, I was a bit like, oh my God, like, you know, I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable. Like not because of COVID particularly, but I've not actually been around anybody in a train for two years. Yeah, it's a bit. bit much, I had the right? same experience. Yeah, a bit claustrophobic almost when we were yeah. used to not being. Yeah, I had the exact same experience. I was in a London. bit like, I don't, I don't want to be standing too close to you. Not necessarily just for COVID, but I needed space. So I think, I think you know, there's many negatives, but I think, I think it has, I think it has impacted our mental health. I think some people have realised how resilient and positive they are, but in the main, I think um, it has had a detrimental impact. And you know, the the the, the medical cost of that. Um, you know, on the, the NHS, it, it, we haven't even scratched the surface yet. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is this goes back to this argument around whether people should work, come back to the office and work from home. And, you know, we're not really considering the, the mental implications of doing that and the social anxiety. We have to go gently. We have to go steady because people are people are, are struggling. They really are. I and mean, I did, I, I did, um, I launched another one of our WOW programs in January. And, you know, one of the things that I say is, you know, you know, how is everybody? You know, what, what's the big thing you want to get out of it? And without question, it happened in January in the WOW program and it happened last week at the WOW workshop. By, by unanimous across the board, it was, we want energy, we want our mojo back. And I had a lady on a call from South Africa this morning as a bit of a catch up call. And she's like, Michelle, I want to see you every week every week 
just because of that kind of, you know, that jazz hands, bit of mojo, uh, that bit of sparkle that, you know, I brought to her last week and today. And we've all been through it. We've all been through it. So, you know. And it's missing think... from our lives too, isn't it? We don't, we don't get exposure to to that interaction with people that we used to before no. the pandemic. And that's no. really sad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think and I think we've got to, we've got to build it, and you know, and I'm you know I'm I'm I am that mum in the the mummy group and the fame group. It's like right, girls, you know, I'm the only one that's effectively a single female in my own flat. They all married with husbands, you know, grumpy husbands, and I'm like <laughs> right, girls, we're having girls' night in Thursday round of mine. Bring the bottle, you know. I'm that I'm that girl because I know it's people are still recovering, um, you know. And, and do I really want to be honestly after a really busy day? having a house full of girls, you know, talking about boobs and Botox, probably not, but I'm doing it because we need it. You know, we need <laughs> to get together and we need to, because it's good for our mental health, right? And I think that's the point. It's good for our mental health. And anything that's good for our mental health has got to be the right thing to do. Oh, here, here. I totally agree. Yeah. Right, I'm very aware that we need to, very, very sadly, wrap up the conversation, but... Before we do, solutions. You're always a, you're always a great one <laughs> solutions. And uh, I believe you've got something up your sleeve that you're looking to roll out that, that uh, could help advisors when it comes to matters of well-being like this. Yeah. Now, you could yeah. give us a bit of a flavour. I will. I'll give you a, There's always something up my sleeve, so you should know me by now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, so Standards International as a standards body um, is uh, a certification body. So we, as I said at the beginning, we assess firms against standards. And about a year ago, um, there was a, an ISO standard launched um, for actual um, psychological health and safety at work. And it was actually um, in the early part of the launch adopted by health and health and safety people in like construction but actually, we have um, the standard crossed our desks um, more recently, and it's absolutely amazing, the standard. And it's basically, it's ISO 45003 is the standard mm -hmm. number. <clears throat> and it's a standard, we're, we're calling it that the, uh, the standard of well-being excellence is our kind of working title for it. And it's really for organisations to um, adopt the principles within the standard and um, enhance their team offering, and enhance what they do for their clients and their customers, um, and, and then obviously be certified against the standard to demonstrate this certification mark. And we will be the assessment body, particularly in financial services. And I think this is important because, um, again, we love a bandwagon, do we, in financial services? And I think we are very much... <laughs> We've jumped on the financial well-being bandwagon, and I have to say it, 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 it doesn't float my boat because, um, as I have been quoted many times, there's no such thing as financial well-being. It's just well-being. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think um, there is a lot more to us all than just our financial well-being. So it's something that we're referencing as economic well-being. It's our whole resources what we've got everything in our kit bag as a human is effectively what makes us well and this standard is about what the workplace the employees can can benefit from in the workplace and it's a standard that's awarded to um, organizations um, and it just wants to see evidence when we're assessing it just wants 
um, us to see evidence of where good practice is in place, where the employees are being considered, um, where their well-being, and as a result, the extension into the clients and their customers. Um, and we're super excited about it as a standard. Um, and I, I feel like it's for me, and I'm really into these, you know, these passion projects. And this is a passion project for me personally, but as a business, I almost feel like it takes all of the standards that we have in. In, in planning, in, in, in practice, kind of how businesses are running financial services in power planning. I almost feel like it puts a big red bow literally around all of them and tightens it because all of those standards have to be underpinned by the psychological health and safety of those in the business. And that leads back to, you know, who is the most important person or persons after you as an individual? Well, it's your team, quite frankly, and it's your people around you then it's your clients. So I think we've jumped on the bandwagon of clients, 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 and their well-being and financial well-being. But actually, in our opinion, that that's, that's almost a secondary and third line approach, and it actually needs to be more internal. So, you know, we're looking, we're actually in the process of designing the certification scheme um, now. Um, we are going to be rolling out um, in the next few weeks uh, a waiting list, effectively a joining list of firms that want to be um, certified to it we've already had incredible interest in it um, and actually from some larger organizations banks building societies um, you know investment houses you know and, and and the like because they want to demonstrate that in truth it's not all about the money which I keep hearing from financial services professionals all the time it's not all about the money yet sadly they don't they don't ever really put their money where their mouth is in not it's all about the money and I think this is a great way of them doing that particularly around this subject around mental health well-being um, and just everybody being safe and happy at work you yeah. know I love the sound of that that sounds like a real game changer to me it does. Yeah, very excited yeah. very excited about it I'll definitely make sure that you girls are the the first to see a copy of it once it's um, ready to roll oh, please do Excellent. yeah yeah we really up we'll for do that. that yeah and well done on on uh on doing your bit to Thanks. get it away because that's that's something that can make a huge difference isn't it yeah I think I think it will and I think it you know we know recruitment's an issue and I think you know employees who are looking for new roles they're going to be you know they, and I do many seminars um, and I think probably there's an article in that Sue somewhere but you know to talk about you know how people can find the best firms to go and work for what's the interview process they can do on the firm and it's not mm -hmm. going to be long before you know, candidates are asking about, you know, what's your well-being strategy? You know, what's your measures to yeah. ensure balance in my work levels and, you know, yeah. that I'm well as an employee? Um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to so pass, you know, what, what's my salary and what my benefits? We're, we're yeah. moving in, we're changing as, a, as humans. And I think these things become more and more important. So, but yeah, I think that's a good way of being a beacon to attract the right talent in the sector, for sure. Uh, and that's I love having that as a nice positive to to round off what well, is is a difficult conversation to have but it's just great to get practical and honest and truthful and thank yeah. you for yeah. today. thanks pleasure. so much my pleasure such a pleasure to speak to you and I'm sure all of our listeners would have really enjoyed that one so thank you so much the financial insight podcast is for investment professionals only all material has been carefully checked for accuracy, but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies. Wherever appropriate, independent research and, wherever necessary, legal advice should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast. And value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. 
you may not get back the amount you originally invested.